0: Welcome to Nine to Five Mac Watch Time, a podcast series exploring the world of Apple Watch and how it affects people's lives. I'm your host Zach Hall, and joining me this week is my Nine to Five Mac colleague Michael Podik. How are you, Michael? Doing awesome. How about you, Zach? Awesome. We're, we're doing this live on, uh, on YouTube. This is the first time that a, a, a nine to five Mac watch time episode has had a video element to it. So if you're listening to the, the podcast audio and you want to find the video version, it's on nine to five maccom Well, let's say it's there, but it's also on YouTube.com slash nine to five Mac. So you can find it there. And, um, we're going to talk about watch OS seven, the new update for the Apple watch that'll be out this fall that Apple announced at WWDC 2020 this week. And Michael, you've been on the show with me before to talk about how you use the Apple watch. You're kind of a, a fitness guru, um, <laughs> in, in the way that we all are. And, yeah. um, you know, we've got some cool new features that, that, that are in that, that, uh, area. Um, first thing I want to mention is thank you to everybody who ran the, the WWDC 5K. Um, that was from uh, 9 to 5 Mac Watch Time and Rahu Mata, who develops the app Tempo for iPhone and Apple Watch. And it was such a cool thing to see. This was on Tuesday. Um, people register, use the app Tempo to register for the run, and people sharing. That they ran or walked their 5K distance on Tuesday, the day after the keynote, or Wednesday, and you know sharing their badge that they earned. Michael Stever, our nine to five Max colleague, designed this really really cool like animating uh, virtual badge, yes. just like you see whenever you complete a an activity challenge in the activity app. Um, and that was so cool. And then we've got nine to five Max stickers that everyone who participated is going to receive one. Um, we'll have emails going out soon to all the participants. And a free copy of How to Train Like an Iron Man with Apple Watch from Ian Blackburn and um, and some really cool stuff. So, like, Rahul Mata, he he developed his Tempo app. He, he developed Signing with Apple and this 5K, like, virtual feature just so this could happen. Um, I would have, like, relied on, like, a Google Form or something, and it just would have been uh, a mess. But it was so cool to see how, like, it came together. And seeing that energy on Tuesday was just so cool with everyone sharing with, the, with, with the hashtag WWDC 5K. Um, so I'll, I'll have a link to like the Twitter search for the hashtag so you can like see every, what, what everybody shared. But
1: yeah, I love that. I, I love the yeah, collaboration I, or the community. And yeah, just all the collaboration that went on with all that. And yeah, so fun.
0: Yeah. And, and with having WWDC 2020 completely remote which it's remote for most people most of the time it just happens to be 3000 developers or so who can attend and then some more people who who go to go to San Jose for the conference um this 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 year it was like everybody's remote and this kind of thing is a good idea always anyway, but we'll, we'll totally, you know, look at doing this again next year. Cause it was just really neat. Um, and again, thanks to everybody. I I had (laughs) admittedly, um, I, I've been doing like Peloton and elliptical and stuff and I hadn't ran in a long, long time. And I was out of town, um, visiting my mom and I didn't pack running shoes. I only had like training shoes (laughs) that are just really flat. Um, and so I was like, Uh, I've got a lot of reasons to not run. So I'm going to walk, which is totally like what the idea was to run or walk all inclusive. And, um, man, mad respect to the walkers of any 5k races. Like I've done, you know, I've lost count of how many dozens of 5k races I've done around my town. And, um, I've never thought about how tough it is for the walkers because what can become like, what, what can be like a 30 minute activity for runners will necessarily be like a 50 minute activity for walkers, you know, right. just, just by, you know, walking, um, and, and a walking pace. And, and my legs were like tangling <laughs> from inactivity, um, to, 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 going from like walking, um, three miles. So like I've walked like mile, you know, a mile or so before, but I've never like intentionally power walked at 3.1 yeah. miles. Back in, and, uh, I haven't thought about that either. And back
1: at, uh, yeah. CES, you know, last January in Vegas, I was trying uh-huh. to avoid all the busy Uber rides and and the other stuff, and so I thought yeah. three point two miles to, to the next you know uh, place I need to go, no big deal. Yeah. And then I'm like, yeah, like speed walking all over Vegas and realizing like how intense it can be.
0: Yep. Yep. <laughs> And I, I went on a route that I've ran plenty of times, So like I knew the points of halfway and everything. And the whole way there, I was like, this is miserable, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and then, and then when I got to the turnaround point, I was like, finally, <laughs> you know, my legs started feeling better and everything. But I, I was just like, man, this, I, I am only doing this because of, of this whole kind of virtual event that we put together. Yeah. Um, so it was awesome. Everyone who could participate will get a, a cool nine to five max sticker mailed. Um, we'll have more information on that very soon. So, Michael, let's talk about Watch OS 7, the new update for the Apple Watch. It's out in beta for developers. Next month in July, there'll be a public beta for all users to try yeah. out before the release. That's for the first time ever. They've never had a public beta version of Watch OS. And um and then later this fall, you know, probably September time frame, we'll see this release to everybody um, out of beta whenever it's totally finished. Um but let's talk about some new stuff. So so first up we've got some new watch faces chronograph pro mm-hmm. with the tachymeter and that's kind of like the um you know time and distance measurement and you can change that to be like a 60 second or 30 second um kind of kind of stopwatch and it is kind of the the apple watch series 4 and series 5 version of the chronograph face it's just down designed for like the full screen experience yeah um have you seen that what do you think about that
1: yeah i th- you know i think it's sharp um so for me personally, I don't know if I'm going to use it, but I, like the first thing that came to mind, I used to play soccer in high school okay. and and um, a little beyond, but I was just thinking about all the coaches out there that are going to love that feature.
0: Oh yeah, that makes sense.
1: Um, I mean, funny. of course, runners too, I'm sure are going to love it. But, um, since I'm not like t- just on a personal level, I'm since I'm not timing myself a lot for bike rides or runs or things like that, or like maybe, yeah. maybe sprints, I'm, I'm not doing as many sprints well on Peloton, but that takes care of the, the tracking but yeah, that was kind of the first thing that popped into my head yeah. was like all these coaches and and trainers and um, people that are helping <laughs> people achieve their, their goals um, will probably love that, that watch face.
0: Yeah, I definitely want to hear from people who find the Chronograph Pro face, like having that on the watch face. Um, I mean, there's been corner before since the first generation Apple watch, but it's never been designed to be this full screen um, watch face with, with the kind of new corner complications that you've seen from the series four and five watch faces. Yeah. And now you have that um, and it's customizable from the the decimitar uh, mode to 60 seconds, 30 seconds, six seconds and three seconds. And it kind of changes the whole appearance of it. And then they've got some cool colors, too. Like that's one of the things I like about it is there's navy blue cream uh Pell pink which is like my skin tone um (laughs) white uh then there's clementine which is like this orange and black color that's kind of like rugged looking and kind of neat yeah Um, yeah khaki you know um lemon cream and these are all like dark tones um even if they've got like names like lemon cream and um let's see there's 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 uh uh cerulean and yeah, it's like that blue color i guess that's how you say that yeah yeah uh, i like that one a lot pomegranate and these are all pine green and those are all the colors but like they're they're all watch face colors from other watch faces but in this chronograph pro watch face they're just like more rugged like more um utilitarian you think of like yeah, yeah like like what you think of like tactile gear yeah you know kind of color themes um so i think it's neat in that in that regard like you i probably won't use it much but i do want to hear from people who find the utility in it um because i I hadn't considered like you had who would find this useful
1: yeah yeah uh and it is fun like you're saying like going through all these different personalization color options to see kind of like the utility tactical part of it like but then apple's still thinking about like how how does it become really personal for for all these people that are going to use it
0: still that's right. And so you got the center complication of, of the sort of timer, you know, stopwatch modes. And then you've got the four corner complications and that's your watch face. And I mean, it does look like cool. It's like a stylistic, um, kind of watch face. The only thing that's funny about it to me is that if you have any of the modes, so tachymeter, 60 seconds, 30 seconds, six, three. It says it on the watch face. It's like, hmm. Okay. if that needs to happen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, like visually, it's like a funny thing. Um, you don't really see chronograph on the chronograph face, but you know, there it is. Um, next up, up, there's yeah, yeah. Next up is the extra large face, which is um, you know, historically it's like the time is very large and like a digital clock. Um, now there's this new option to have the large complication. Um, take up about like two thirds of the screen, and then the time be up front on top. So you know it's it's a it's a new version of that, mm-hmm. and um and then finally there's there are photo faces that we've always had, but now you can have these color filters on those photo faces. So um if you want it to be like like more of a a stylistic version of the photo face where it matches your band or your outfit or or whatever, yeah. you can kind of apply like a, a a red tint to the photo or a blue tint or like whatever color you're trying to go for um so i thought that was kind of neat and it kind of went under under mentioned in the keynote you know it's like a oh, change to the photo face, cool right right
1: and it kind of reminds me of um what was it the adobe camera app that just kind of made a splash for iphone
0: photoshop yeah uh, yeah they had a
1: photoshop camera yeah yeah that's right yeah, yeah. um yeah. but that whole focus there was like all these funky filters and tones that you can do to photos sure, and sharing social yeah. and it, it just felt yeah like uh apple's I mean always in tune with kind of these some of these social trends, but
0: um Yeah, the the photo face too is like a funny history where I think it was like shown at the first Apple Watch keynote before the watch was out and then it didn't ship in the first watch OS version and then it came to a later update. And then they added like you know like live photos and um, you know photo albums and everything. And I, I think now you might be be able to do like share photo streams as like your your photo face. Yeah. Um, but this is like the next change where now it's these color filters, and I, I think it's a, a cool thing because they they do look like distinctly different than what you've seen before. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's pretty cool. Uh, face sharing. This is something that we expected, uh, and here it is. It, it's that if I were to you know. You can't do custom watch faces, but in all mm-hmm. the configurations that you can do with colors and style and complications from apps, there there is kind of an, a, a need to be able to say, I like your watch face, how do I recreate that? Um, yeah. And not from scratch. And so now you can, uh, you just long press on the screen, like you go to edit a face, and there's a share icon right there, and then you can send it as a, as a message right from the watch. You can also send these every email, or you can have them post it as a file like on social media or online um and this this is a cool thing like you can see especially if we ever get into third party watch faces where this will be very useful yeah. um but for now it's it's there's I think there's obviously utility in it today with oh, I like the way that you customize your watch face, send that to me you know, and I'll use that so I think it's a cool thing I
1: think for me like I think I spent maybe like two thousand seventeen and two thousand eighteen with like one or two watch faces. And and I think it's easy to get in a rut with whatever, you know, and, and yeah, but like, and when I think about the times that I've switched it up, found something more useful, um, it's like figuring out like, Oh, what's Zach using on his watch? I want to try that. Mm -hmm. And then, but then like, you know, I love that this sharing thing solves the whole problem of not having to recreate it manually and just the time it takes. And that's, I mean, part of the, part of the uh, barrier for me is just like, Uh, Do I want like do I really want to go through I know it sounds like it's a total first world problem but like
0: do I want to go through the time
1: to to create this whole watch face from scratch and I just love the Mm -hmm. idea that it's like boom you can share it there it is
0: and you could even do something like um, if you've got your your set watch faces and you want to kind of create a backup of them per se you could send them to yourself Um, you, you could save the files and then you've got those configurations and then you could, you could set up a new watch from scratch without doing like a restore and you've got your watch faces the way that you like them. Um, and I think that's a pretty essential thing. The other big part of this watch face sharing story is that it kind of like what what we talked about in, in, um, you know, over the past few months and thinking about how this would work is if you share a watch face with third party complications, what happens? And the way it works is that it will, Prompt you to you know download or purchase the app that has the complication optionally if you want to have the full recreation of that watch face. And you know app discovery is is a kind of a challenge in the watch because they want you, Apple wants you to uh, have apps that that are independent on the watch mm-hmm. so that there doesn't even necessarily have to be an iPhone version of that app. Um, like Geneva Moon from David Smith comes to mind. But you've you've got to know to search for it in the app store or discover it if it's featured. But if it's shared as a watch face, you know, between friends um, on the app store or on you know a blog or something like Nine to Five Mac, then all of a sudden it's like one tap, and you can install the watch face with that complication installed, and then you you're prompted to purchase the app. So it's a really cool thing. Yeah,
1: I, I love it all. It's
0: yeah. And, and then there's, there's, you know, speaking of complications, there's this whole new thing where for the first time, third party developers can have multiple complications of their, multiple versions of complications of their app on one watch face. So before Apple could do this, like weather would have, um, you know, wind and temperature and conditions and rain percentage, you know, all those things. Yeah. It could have like the weather app is like five complications. But if you have an app like um, Back to David Smith, his WatchSmith app, which is all about complications, you get one complication per watch face. Starting the watch with WatchOS 7, that changes where they showed examples like Nike Run Club having just multiple versions of complications. And you can ha- make, through that method, a whole watch face dedicated to Nike Run Club, you know, with different stats about like pace and last time you ran and that kind of thing. And it kind of changes the way a watch face can be in that instead of having, you know, one slot for one app, you can have every slot be different versions of that app. And this kind of becomes like an app watch face for you.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. So and and I think that's part of what face sharing is, is all about, too, is that on the app store, you'll see Nike Run Club promote their watch face as like a thing. Where suddenly, like, you know, they've had this style on the Nike watches, but if you just want like a Nike run club watch face on any watch, you know, one tap install and all of a sudden it's like you've got like a Nike run club focused watch. Um, pretty cool.
1: <clears throat> yeah. I just love the idea that, I mean, you know, the his- with the history of watch OS, you know, we over the years, we've seen some companies dive in and, you know, create apps and then, you know, a year or two later, they abandon it and, um, yeah, I think it's just. Yeah. I think it's encouraging to see uh, the platform opening up, even in these small ways, that will hopefully, yeah, just kind of give confidence to developers. Like, hey, you know, we want to see you know more ideas, more creativity, more more options on on watch OS, and and we're making it we're making it you know better for you as a developer to do that.
0: Yeah, I I agree with that. I mean, the app story from the start was you had Watch Kit where you could make. Um, you know, <laughs> the, it, it all runs on the phone and sends data to the watch and it can update, you know, every now and then, but not, not frequently. And now the watch is becoming just, you know, the watch has matured pretty, pretty fast, but the app story for developers has, has not, it's been kind of gradual. Yeah. And, you know, now we're getting to a point where, um, you still can't do third party watch faces, which would be a big opportunity if they ever do that. But you can do a whole lot with complications, um, and kind of like make your app the watch face, um, and, and kind of the parameter that Apple sets for you. Um, yeah. and speaking of all of that, there's, so, so last year, Apple introduced Swift UI, which is like a, a new way to code, um, app experiences, I guess, both like functionally and visually. And it, it, it's, it's, it made watch apps much more capable, um, with what they can do, how they can be created and everything. And this year, there's now the ability to make the complications based on Swift UI. Which what that means for developers and the way it'll affect users is that a developer can take, you know, a big code snippet from their app and make that the complication. So, like, okay. think about the big, large complications on, like, um, Infograph Modular or so, where, where you've got, like, a big rectangle. Um, if you've got that same kind of layout in your app, that can just be the complication too. And all of a sudden you've saved a lot of work and you shipped a lot more functionality in on the watch face, you know, like you've literally got a part of your app on the watch face yeah. functioning in that way. And
1: something the user's already familiar with is they're going to feel yeah, right at home with.
0: Yeah. So that's really neat. Um, and then you've got some new, so Apple uses Swift UI for its apps. Like they, they they turn their apps from how they were created to using Swift UI. And I think we're seeing that the benefits of that this year where you've got new complication types from Apple. So, you know, there's always been this ability to have the, um, the camera remote app on the watch where you launch the camera remote, you've got a viewfinder of your camera from your iPhone and you can, you know, remotely tap the shutter button and have it take a picture on your phone. Yeah. Um, now there's a complication for that where it's like one tap and you, you get there. Um, same thing for a world clock where you can now have, you know, like what you would see in the world clock app on your watch face. Um, moon phases, which is just like really interesting to me where you've got this big grid of like the, the phases of the moon. Um, like you'd see in like a weather forecast and then shortcut. So years ago, Apple bought, um, workflow, which had, an Apple Watch app where you could run these you know, kind of workflow automations on your phone from your watch. Yeah. When Apple bought Workflow and turned it into shortcuts, the Watch app was gone. It was all based through Siri on the watch. Now there's, a, a, I guess, a Swift UI created shortcuts app and the complication, which is like basically the app on your watch face. Um, and then developers will be able to use the same thing so that it's going to be kind of really cool with what we see with complications from watchOS seven.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And then kind of tying into that too, like, it'll be interesting to see how the widgets on iOS 14, you know, you can have like a
0: widget with multiple, shor- multiple shortcuts right there and just like, yeah. And and they really tied, like whenever they introduced watch o- or iOS 14, they kind of, Told the widget story from the perspective, not of like, we've done this on the Mac with dashboard, which went away. Um, we've got widgets sort of now that today in been the Mac. Um, <laughs> they, 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 they instead framed it as, and, and, you know, of course, they didn't say like, Android has widgets and so now we do too. <laughs> right. They never do that. But they were like, on the watch, we've had these, you know, fast interaction app experiences. Um, and we're going to taking that idea and bringing it to the iPhone now, this new version of widgets. So. Um and it, and, it's, and widgets are all about uh, information and not interaction. So like yeah. it's not like using a part of the app. It's it's seeing data from the app and then you can kind of launch the app from that experience. So same thing as as complication on a watch face for so long. So yeah, um, yeah, good point. But yeah, like you don't have a calculator widget or, or complication on the watch face you've got like a launcher you know and then you know the, the big value is if there's something that can present data that changes over time and just yeah. like a glance and you don't even need a launcher. yeah that. yeah that was their
1: whole big thing right with the um WWDC talk on on the widgets was like glanceable that's like they had three i think it was glanceable personal and relevant or i forget what the third one was but yeah that first one was like glanceable we're just like big focus glanceable
0: yeah yeah All right, let's take a break here. I want to talk about three sponsors really quickly for 9 to 5 Mac Watch time this week. Um, The first is Mac Stadium. Uh, Mac Stadium is a provider of cloud solutions built on Apple Mac hardware. As more Mac teams are working from home, having your Mac... Build infrastructure in the cloud can make it easy for app development to continue uninterrupted. No need to have someone in the office keeping an eye on the Mac. Let Maxadium do it for you. If you're building apps for the Apple ecosystem, learn more about Maxadium at maxadium.com/slash nine to five Mac. And as a special offer for 9 to 5 Mac readers and podcast listeners or viewers during WWC week this week, Maxadium is offering half off your first six months of a Mac mini subscription with promo code WWDC2020. So visit MacStadium.com slash 9 Mac for details. Next up is Clean My Mac X. So just like Apple Watch helps you take care of your health, Clean My Mac X takes care of your Mac. It's a macOS cleaner, a performance monitor, and a malware remover, and occasionally even a lifesaver. Clean My Mac X makes it super easy to identify and remove gigabytes of hidden junk and instantly visualize your disk space with its space lens module. I love that name. It's really space lens module. How cool is that? <laughs> um, so uh, once you've finished your WWDC run, if you, you know, if you haven't go run, ex- ex- you know, celebrate this moment. Um, then you can save 30% off Clean My Mac X as a reward. Go to macpaw.com slash nine to five. It's macpaw.com slash nine T O five to get Clean My Mac X with a 30% discount that's valid until July 5th. And then finally, we've got Pillow. And Pillow is a, a sleep tracking app. And we're about to talk about Apple's version of sleep tracking, but I'm going to go kind of off script for Pillow this week. Pillow is a dedicated sleep tracking app that's been around for years, and they've kind of um, evolved and matured. And there's things like nap tracking and granular data that you get from Pillow that you're not going to get from the built-in sleep tracking app. And then the last pitch I'll say is If you don't want to run the beta, the developer beta or the public beta and like, you know, screw up your Apple Watch battery life and, you know, risk wrecking, wrecking your, your streaks, um, try Pillow because it is a sleep tracker that works with the health app using health kit, just like the watch version, except it's more granular because the watch, as we'll discuss, is kind of, um, weekly and monthly summaries. And Pillow can be granular where it's nightly, so you see, like, how each day of the week was. So search the App Store on the iPhone or the Apple Watch for Pillow and uh, give it a try. All right, let's talk about sleep tracking. So um, this is the big new feature of the watch this year, really. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, it's been a long time coming. Apple bought Bedded a few years ago, which is this physical um, – monitor that goes under your mattress and works with an iPhone app and that's how you uh monitor your sleep. They have they have a watch app that went away. And I think it came back, but um <laughs> you know, the idea there is it's great, but um it's it's about the cost of an Apple Watch Series 3. Mm-hmm. Uh and you, you it only works if you're sleeping in your bed <laughs> and so if you travel it's kind of a no-go. Um if you've got like kids that comes up in bed, it's going to scrape your data. Yeah. Uh, uh, and so it's, it's not perfect. I've, I've never been a huge fan of, of that approach when the watch can always be with you. And this is the way that they frame sleep tracking because one of the answer, uh, or one of the questions about sleep tracking is what's the point? And Apple kind of gives their answer to this, um, with, with this pitch. And they say sleep is one of the most important aspects of your health, but also one of the least understood. So there's that mystery there. Um, tracking is a good start, but the new sleep app goes further. It helps you create a schedule and a bedtime routine so you can meet your sleep goals. And so the idea there is that like we all get that eight hours of sleep is ideal. <laughs> um, and that going to sleep can be difficult. Waking up can be difficult. And so zoom, zoom out. And it's not just about the Apple watch for sleep tracking. It's, it's that you do get more data that way, but you can also use your iPhone with iOS 14 to kind of create these routines with sleep mode where, um, there's something called wind down, which works on the phone and the watch. And you set an amount of time, like the default is 45 minutes before bedtime. Your phone will go into do not disturb. Um, you've got this lock screen on top of your lock screen to get through before you can interact with your phone. So it kind of discourages use. Mm-hmm. And it will slowly dim the, the, the screen on your phone and watch before bedtime. Um, so that's pretty cool. Then they uh, once you're actually sleeping, then the watch goes into this mode. And the phone, I believe, where it's like yeah. the screen's off. You've got to kind of like tap through uh, to get through to it. Um, on the watch, it reminds me a lot of the water mode where you you know you've got your watch face locked, so mm-hmm. you got to spin the crown to get back to it. Um, and that's so you don't accidentally like touch the watch face and call someone in your sleep and like you know hello snoring, <laughs> um, <laughs> you know. Uh, and, and also just saves battery life and everything. Um, so that's pretty cool. There, there's no, um, notifications while you're sleeping, you know, mm-hmm. don't disturb is, is enabled. Um, and then, and then kind of the watch angle to it all is that it, it does use accelerometer to and the heart rate monitor to try to like gauge your breathing habits, um, over, over the period of rest. And then if you're awake or not, so, you know, obviously if you get up to go to the restroom in the middle of the night, then the watch is going to know that you were out of bed for that period until you kind of go back to that stationary point. Yeah. Um,
1: what do you think, Zach, about – so we're not getting, like, data on, hey, how long was I in REM cycle and some right. of those things. What, what are your thoughts on that?
0: Yeah, so the, so the way it is is like you're not getting that stuff. You're not even getting like a nightly sleep report. It's like, yeah, you know, like there are some really cool ways to to do sleep where it's like you had a bad night of sleep last night. Don't expect yourself to do too much today. You know, yeah. Um, set, prep, set, from... set the right expectations. <laughs> exactly. Like don't be hard on yourself. Yeah. Um. So so for that, it's like you're not getting that stuff. Um. Part of me thinks that there's gonna be another part of the sleep tracking story to tell that requires better hardware a newer processor that's designed for sleep tracking mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. and that this is kind of the this is for everybody else until there's a new watch and then maybe that'll be more capable surely like because yeah, <laughs> they've, yeah. they've, they've been kind of the the, the basics of what you, you you would expect but not you know anything super mature like you even get it from third-party watch apps right um so that, that's kind of interesting. And then also the fact that it is like a weekly summary or a monthly summary and not, you know, daily. Um, I think it's gotta be because they think that it'll take, you know, that, that they've got a better hardware in the future that'll, which which is cool. Like, cause we, we, we looked at sleep tracking guys. Um, we know it's coming. We don't know if it'll require a new watch or not. Yeah. And I don't think I ever considered that they'll do basic sleep tracking for all watches and then advanced sleep tracking for a new watch, you know?
1: Yeah. And I mean, that's clever, too, because you got all the people with existing watches that can try it, get a taste and then say, "Ooh, actually, I want more and I will upgrade to the next watch.
0: Yeah. And and I see a lot of people in the chat, especially mentioning, you know, it's difficult to manage battery life and sleep tracking with a single watch. And I totally agree with that. I've tried during the the, you know, it's a beta cycle, so battery life isn't going to be optimized yet. Um, but it is, it it can be tricky to have one watch and charge it during the day without missing out on using it for tracking, um, and get your sleep data. So there's a few things that they've, they, they put into watchOS 7 and iOS 14 to kind of address that. Yeah. One is if you have less than 30%, they don't recommend that you track your sleep, you know, like, and it only uses between like five and 10% of your battery to track sleep. But the idea is you want to be able to use the watch when you wake up and, you know, charge it some, but not have to do a zero to a hundred yeah, charge. Right. Cause if, if you're going from like 50 to a hundred, it's just half the time of zero to a hundred basically. Um, yeah. And then also once you charge your watch now, if it reaches a hundred, you, you'll get an alert on your phone that says your watch is charged now. And so that's a whole new feature that like there used to be watch apps that tried to do that and it was kind of unreliable. <laughs> yeah. Um, now, now Apple's built that into the OS, which is, you know, it's gotta be because of sleep tracking for this reason. Totally. Um, But, but you can say, like, it's all opt-in and each, each part of the process, like, whether you you do wind down or not, um, what your alarm time is, that kind of thing, what your bedtime is, like, it's all customizable. And you can even say, if you have two watches, like, I've got a series five and then an old series three that I, that I have been using for sleep tracking anyway. Mm -hmm. And I can say, don't use the series five for sleep tracking. It's, I'm never going to sleep with it. Um, and then do use the series three. And so that'll let the watch know, like, don't waste energy on trying to decide, are you awake or not? And then yeah. for this other watch, you know, do use that one for this feature. Um, and so that, that's, I think it's kind of unfortunate that you, that, that, that a lot of people will need two watches to do this. Um, you know, but it's just the difference in like a Fitbit being a very basic thing yeah. to, to the watch yeah. being a much more capable thing. And so, you know, if, if you use a lot of the watch features, then it's going to be tough to do it with one. Maybe that gets addressed in a future watch though, where it's, you know, super low power chip and it's kind of optimized for this process. So
1: I wonder um, a couple things if, uh, like portable watch chargers will uh, sales will kick up because people are going to want to you know as maybe as things yeah <laughs> resume from the pandemic and people go back to work people are going to want like yeah to be able to charge it you know easily or, or maybe people this is one of
0: those things remember when it was <clears> rumored <throat> that Apple was going to do the thing with the iPhone like Samsung's done where you can put your you know AirPods your watch in the back yeah. of your phone reverse wireless and charging then, like top it off yes yeah exactly yeah um, that that would be useful here I think yeah it really <laughs> yeah. would. Cause all of a sudden your phone is the portable charger. Yeah. So. It, this all kind of makes me, it's cool to use now. And I'm glad it's here because the story so far has been download an app to do this, mm-hmm. you know, which is awesome. And those apps, I think are more capable today than what Apple's doing. And you can use them in conjunction with, with, you know, the wind down modes, the new alarm tones. Yeah. Um, you, you can, you can mix it all together and have like the most data driven experience. Um, but it's nice now that you don't, to say the Apple Watch has sleep tracking, it's always been like an asterisk of like, well, you gotta go and add <laughs> it. You know, it's not built in. Yeah. Now it is. Yeah. Um, so that's really cool. And then whenever you wake up in the morning, you'll get an alert. Um, not, not an alert, but like on your watch face, it'll say, um, here's the weather today. Here's your battery life so you know how soon you need to start topping it off. You need to get to the day. Yeah. Um, And then you don't get alerts until you pass that screen. So you're kind of in control of when you're bombarded with, you know, everything. Yeah.
1: When are you ready to Um, take the day on?
0: That's right. So so sleep tracking, I kind of think like what we've got now is really cool and still use third party watch apps if you want more details and then maybe... In the fall, we'll see new hardware like a, a Series 6 watch that is just all mm-hmm. about seat tracking. Um, maybe we won't. You know, we'll see. But <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And then next up, there's some new workout types, which I think are really, really neat. Um, dance, functional strength training, core training, and cool down. And so there's always been this umbrella category of workout types called other. And you can label <laughs> them things like dance. Strength training, core training, you know, um, but, but they're just kind of generic workout types where it tries to, to estimate calories, but there's no super optimized intelligence about, you know, de- detecting movement and calculating that into what you're tracking. And so with dance now, it'll be able to determine, you know, are you doing an upper body dance or a lower body dance yeah. <laughs> that, that isn't necessarily the same as like a running, you know, kind of rhythm. Right. Um, yeah. And, not and predictable. Exactly. And I I know you were saying to me offline that like this is going to be popular in your house. Yeah. So my wife is like really latched on to uh,
1: Peloton's uh, dance cardio workouts. Um, She keeps asking me to do one and I think I actually would enjoy it. I just uh, I just haven't yet. But um, anyway, (laughs) so I'll test it out with her. But I think she's gonna, be, you know what, she's gonna be excited to to use this. Um,
0: you know, our, our colleague Ben Lovejoy is, is the Tango expert. That, I wonder if he'll log some Tango That's workout, right. You know? That's right.
1: Yeah, that'd be interesting to know. Like, you know, the different types of dance, how uh, intense they are, what kind of yeah calorie metrics people see, heart rate. And you know? I
0: think I think something cool would be um, log an other dance, and then you know, kind of test that on on a, on a previous watch version, yeah. and then log a dance workout and see like how, how different is, is the credit that you get in the data that you get. Um, cause it's going to be more accurate. I don't know if you'll get more or less credit, but you know, it's going to be better data. Yeah. Oh, that's uh, a great idea.
1: Sure. I'll have to, will have to test that out and do the same like Peloton cardio dance workout. Yeah. With, with, on watch, uh, West before seven and and on watch. Yeah. That's, that's,
0: that's a great idea. Um, strength training and core training. Those are two things that you could label before, but they've never been, you know, optimized with like an algorithm behind them to give the best data. Now they are. And then my favorite is cool down because. Like, I know as someone who runs, um, you know, or, <laughs> or has ran before <laughs> that, um, you know, it, it's a really good idea to kind of warm up, which is cool. Maybe we need a warm up workout. Um, yeah. but then also, you know, do your run and then not just go from like running to nothing to go from running to like, you know, a walking pace, um, for, you know, maybe five minutes and then, and then stop, you know, your, your activity. Um, and so far you've been, you, you could do something like, Take your your running workout, add a walking workout to it, you know, but then it, you kind of like look at that as like a different, different set of data where you your walking workout would be like kind of a power walk, not a cooldown walk. Right, right. And 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 now you've got this this workout mode called cooldown where you add it to any workout type, whether it's elliptical or running or dancing or you know, strength training, um, you've got cooldown now so that you're actual like primary workout the data is is contained yeah and it doesn't mess with your pace and you know averages and everything so th- um,
1: you know cool i think a lot of people too you know who are apple watch users are going to be self-competitive and it can be easy to be in this mode where it's like well it's part of the workout so i gotta keep the no- i gotta keep the heart rate up yeah. I gotta keep the numbers here and and so i think that is really helpful i know it sounds small maybe to people who aren't yet using apple watch in that way but um, when you are, I think, yeah, having a, a cool down actual workout specifically is, is really helpful.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's neat. Um, and then there's some new stuff like, so for example, in the, um, in the maps app now, it, it's a feature kind of barred from my, I 14 where in select cities, you'll be able to have a uh, cycling routes and maps. Yeah. And it's not just like, this is where you can safely ride your bike, but it's like, this is what the elevation will be. If you, um, are okay with saving some time and taking the stairs, here's an option for that. If you don't want to take the stairs, you don't want to go on this like steep climb. Um, you can avoid stairs altogether or different elevations. You can find places like bike shops and coffee shops along the route. Um, it's only in a few cities. So, uh, New York, San Francisco, Los Angeles, and then Shanghai and Beijing in China. But I imagine it'll come to, to more major cities and they kind of got the, you know, big bike cities in the U S yeah. at least. So, yeah. Um, I would imagine like London is a pretty big deal to add. Yeah. <laughs> for cycling, um, Pacific Northwest too.
1: So like, yeah, uh, Seattle and Portland would be, would be more
0: huge bike cities. I would imagine would come soon too. Yeah. So that's really neat. And then, and that's also on the iPhone. Um, and then, and then next up is hand washing. You know, and so like, who would have seen this coming um, if, if not for the global pandemic? Right, so, right. Uh, it's like as we're all more conscious of how to like this would always be useful, but it's especially useful now. Mm-hmm. Um, how to prevent the spread of germs and um, you know take better care of our hygiene <laughs> and, and each other. Um, I, there's this new feature. In, go ahead. I was gonna
1: say. I mean, I think the implement implementation is sharp here too, with it being automatic. Um, because Android Wear OS got this feature a little bit ago, but it's Uh kind of like a notification that pops up and then you have to tap something from what I understand.
0: Ah, Uh, so it's kind of, it's kind of more along like the breathe reminders on the watch. Yeah. yeah. Where it's kind of scheduled and opt in. So, so this is off by default, but if you turn it on, you can have your watch, um, do two things. One is when you go from, you know, out out and about, work, shopping, wherever, and you arrive home, the watch can then remind you to wash your hands. So that's kind of the, the changing states position. Um, and so that, that's really neat that you've got that kind of just tap on the wrist of like, hey, uh, you're home now, wash your hands. <laughs> so you don't like spread everything you caught out there yeah. to people in the home um, and, and create a hot zone. And then the, the other thing is if you are washing your hands, whether from an alert or just on your own, um, the watch can detect based on hand movements and the sound of like water running that you're washing your hands. And so if you're doing like a quick, like five second hand wash and it detects that, then it, it, and you stop, hey. it's like, wait a second. That was almost effective, but you should wash your hands for 20 seconds. Um, here's a countdown with, with 20 seconds, you know, in your five second send. Yeah. And, and the user interface for this is so like just clever and friendly that it's like bubbles. <laughs> it is creating the, the countdown clock and the, um, the numbers. So um it's it's neat and, and people certainly ask for this i mean I, I saw people asking on twitter like replace the activity rings with like washing your yeah. hands rings for this for this moment that we're in i wrote it, um, i
1: wrote a tutorial that ended up i think a lot of people read it was something like setting up hourly reminders on iphone yeah watch to wash your hands um just to have something to kind of just put on people's radar
0: mm-hmm totally Um, and then, and then next up, there's some new stuff with Siri. So on the, on iOS 14, there's a whole new thing with the translate app, which is brand new from Apple, where you can translate between 11 different languages, um, you know, from English to 10 other languages or, or uh, vice versa. And, um, it works over the internet. Over the network, or if you have no connection, it can work on device. So you just won't have as good of results, probably. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, mm-hmm. so now on Watch OS um, seven, you've been able to ask Siri for, to translate things like "How do you say um, um, cheese in Spanish?" For example, mm-hmm. but, but now you can have a, a you know it, it's much more than that. Um, Siri looks a little bit different on the watch now, um, and, and and importantly, if you're using dictation the um, and there's no connection to the internet before you had to have the internet to dictate, you know? Right. And and now, now you can do that without the internet. So if you want to like, you're in like a notes app, like drafts, for example, you can do, um, dictation with your voice to make the note, um, without having internet. So if you just have a, you know, a wifi only watch or you're in a bad connection, then now you can turn your, your voice into text without having to rely on the internet because the watch is smart enough to do it on its own. So that's neat.
1: Yeah, it really is.
0: Um, and then finally a couple more things. So, you know, last year we got the, the noise, um, notifications where if the watch detects that, that sound is above a certain decibel level for an extended period of time, it's not safe for your, your long-term, uh, hearing health. Yeah. Now the watch goes a little bit further and it can determine that if you are playing your headphones for too loud for too loud for too long, you'll get an alert that, Hey, this isn't good for your, your hearing. Um, you can receive weekly listening summaries of like how loud your headphones have been per day kind of like um you know your activity level but for for how loud your headphones have been basically um and then you can also reduce the max volume level for headphones so that you can say never go above 80 percent um and so that if you max it out it's actually at 80 not 100 so yeah um just kind of more on on how the the watch can handle uh hearing health so it's kind of neat
1: yeah. it'll be interesting to see just like what responses are, especially when, when uh, the software is released in the fall to everyone. But I have to imagine like, especially young people are going to be probably, it'll be a surprise to be like, wait, this is bad for me to be doing (laughs) what I've been doing for years.
0: Yeah. I tell you. (laughs) Um, And then, and then like two more things to discuss. So Watcher seven it's, it's in developer beta. Now it'll be in a public beta in July. It's not for the series one and two. So, so, the first generation Apple watch that we, people often call series zero. Um, it was dropped from support a while ago. Since then, they've done, Apple's done every watch OS update for the series one and two and up. Yeah. Um, and the series one is like the first in watch, but with the series two chip. Um, I guess it's called S two chip. And this is the first time since then that we've dropped an older version of the watch. And so it's the series one and two that are dropped with the S two chip um or i think a series one was called s1p or something Um yeah, but yeah. but so for watch os 7 you'll have series 3 4 5 and then obviously you know whatever comes out in the fall or so um and, and so there will be some watches that are no longer supported by watch os they'll be stuck on six point whatever they're on right now mm-hmm. um and so a lot of these new features won't be available on some watches that are in use so uh, and they also say that some features from WatchOS 7 won't be available on all watches. So I'm not sure the breakdown yet. I'm like, what can the Series 3 do that the Series 4 or the Series 4 and 5 do that Series 3 can't? Right. But, um, I think there'll be some, some, some differences there. Um, critically, you can do sleep tracking with the Series 3. So that's what I care the most about is can you still use your Series three watch for tracking sleep at night? Yeah. Um, with the built-in stuff. And the answer to that is yes. So that, that's, that's a good, good to know for now. Um, and then finally, there's always been this element of, um, pressure sensitive displays on the watch where you've got like tap the screen to, to interact with it or press in firmly to like go through a layer and you're in this like new element and that's how you customize your watch face, for example. Or if you're in the calendar, how you change your calendar view and it's both good and bad on the good side. It's like you can, you can do controls that are kind of invisible without having a bunch of buttons everywhere. Um, you know, it's like this hidden button.
1: Yeah. Uh,
0: yeah. But there's, there seems to be like what, what I got impression from the keynote is that people often don't change their watch face or customize it. That it's like what they get out of the box is what they, they use. And Apple seems to have some data on that. Okay. And, yeah. and so that's always been kind of behind the force touch. And now that's just long press and it, it's good. And that it's, it's easier to discover now. Like you just hold your watch on your finger. There's no like press under the screen and that was always kind of like a, you know, nebulous way of doing things. Um, long press is, is understood, like hold your finger and wait. Um, and, and that's, that's, that's okay. Uh, in places like calendar though, you have a, an alert that says go to settings to change the calendar view now because they haven't put it in like the, the, the app itself. Yeah. Um, so I think that in time can be kind of reconciled, yeah. but for now it's a step back. Um, but even like in clearing your notifications from the locks from, from notification center, that's been like, um, you know, browse through them, then force touch, then, then, um, clear all, you know, clear. Yeah. And, and now it's like, I'm, I'm kind of coming around on it being gone because now it's, you know, scroll through, you go from the bottom to the top of the list and then there's a clear all button there. And it's actually like one less tap because it's not like press in and then tap. You know to confirm, it's like okay. okay. how <laughs> You know, so it's kind of a mixed bag there. Um, I think. But the, the,
1: the, I'm I'm not on yeah, watchOS seven yet. I'm still on six uh-huh. on my um, my main watch, and I think I'm Smart. just feeling <laughs> ahead of ahead of uh, losing it. Um, yeah, I think I'm just feeling a little bit nostalgic just because I I have um, iOS fourteen on my iPhone ten that does have three D touch, the equivalent oh. the equivalent of force touch on watch. And yeah. like and so I'm using my iPhone eleven Pro alongside my iPhone ten now. Um mm-hmm. and I'm and like I I think I'm just a little bit attached to to force force touch, three D touch. Just I, I think maybe just how I think I just love the feedback. Um just yeah. that, that little bit of feedback is nice, but and I, that, I know I'll get used to it, but
0: Yeah, and, and that's where like the watch had force touch and it was like this whole new and they kind of bragged about it as like being this whole new way to interact because you've got a limited, you know, screen size and everything. Yeah. And then it came to the iPhone 6s and it was called 3D touch because it wasn't just like touch anywhere to activate it. It was like touch in specific places. So there's like a new dimension of it. Um, and then it went away with the, um, 10R and the 11 and 11 Pro phones, um, which, which gave you better, battery life. So it seems to be that with like an Apple Watch Series 6, they're preparing the way, because they did this with the, the iOS 13 beta where mm-hmm. phones with 3D touch lost that feature in favor of, I guess they call it haptic touch where it's like a long press. Yep. Um, and, you know, I, it, it, if I, I imagine they if to take it away from the, a, a new watch and the feature that also gives room for like more battery or something, or just like, you know, so, so yeah. it's multifaceted in terms of like how they, what do they address here? Um, a big user discover like feature discoverability is a big big reason that they've done this too yeah. like to put visual elements of like what you could do that were previously hidden mm-hmm. um and so we'll all get used to it it's just like this came from the watch went to the phone went away from the phone <laughs> and now it's like having it's the same moments happening on the watch so yeah um and then i mean but it's not like go ahead go, go ahead go ahead i was gonna say it's not like like the the watch is like biggest thing to me in terms of like user interface yeah. or, you know, interacting with it is the digital crown for scrolling yeah. where, you know, that was like, they presented it as like, you know, we've had the, the, the mouse, the trackpad. Um, now you've got the digital crown because if you just scroll with your finger, you're covering up the interface in that moment. But if you scroll with the crown, then the, the screen's not obscured. Um, and that's not going away, you yeah. know, so, so that's kind of like the signature watch. Um, contribution to sort of interacting, you know, as like input methods. So yeah. um, more important than 3D touch and force touch. For sure. Yeah. Someone asked there, you see Zach, uh, have you seen if uh, Series 3 will get the hand-washing uh, detection feature? That's a good question. My Series 3 is in the other room. Um, hmm. Yeah, I'd i have to go check in the other room. I'll try to find an answer for that and, and do a story. If it doesn't get it, then I'll do a story on 95 Mac about it. How about that? No
1: news is good news. If if you if you don't hear, <laughs> yeah. then you we're good.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um before we head off, let's let's do a look at the chat. Um Chance Miller says good morning. So he's our colleague at 9 to 5 Mac. Good morning, Chance. Hey Chance. Uh, yeah. Um and by the way, thanks for the people who tuned in. Like we're we I this was all impromptu. Uh <laughs> we did not plan it until like a few minutes yeah. ago. So <laughs> this is awesome. Um no new watch announcements today that that tends to come in the fall um paired with an iPhone event so we probably think September we'll see like a Series 6 Something I'm curious about too Michael is we you know we we tend to know a lot more about what's coming than what's been announced and so mm-hmm. we we expect these features that are in development that haven't been announced yet to still come like school time um the ability for a parent to set up a kid's Apple Watch without having the kid have an iPhone too Yeah yeah uh, and I think those things could still come in iOS 14 and watch os 7 um if not saved for another year but i could totally see that being like tied to a hardware where um it's not hardware required but they've got a cheaper version of like kind of like an iphone an apple watch se where it's like the, the body of an apple watch series 3 but with a new processor yeah. in it so it's got all the new watch os 7 features um maybe even like the new like advanced sleep tracking that we might expect Um, So I think that could still come in the fall alongside, you know, new watch updates, Um, the blood oxygen uh, sensor, you know, detection stuff that we reported out. um, We really think that'll be hardware related. And so maybe that's the same thing where like, you know, for the first time you've got like a series three style watch, but maybe it can do ECG and this new blood oxygen detection stuff. And like you've got all the features on both watches the price difference though, you know, fall detection, the price difference then would be, do you want this design or this design in these materials? Mm-hmm. Um, and so then it's not, it, and we've seen that like with the iPhone where you get all the same features for the most part. There's some differences in the cameras, um, but it, it comes down to like the premium screen quality and the premium like case, you know, yeah, aluminum materials. Or steel steel, Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So I, I can see that happening. Um, Series two, no watchOS seven. That's, that's too bad. watch Joy 6 though is good and series 2 has been around for a while um we we have seen in the data that whenever apple announces they don't really share like watch numbers but they will say that i think i think one stat has been that most watch sales are first time watch sales and not upgraders so they have seen this this behavior where people buy the apple watch and they don't upgrade it like they do an iphone even Mm -hmm. and so you know, limiting watch faces has been one thing from Watch OS 6, where series three only got a few, and series um four and five got many more. Um, the different health features that are available on the newer watches. Um this time we're gonna see software be limitation. And so you could see some of the buzz about the new software wanting people to upgrade. It's like, oh, I've had this watch for you know, three years now, maybe I, I want the new one, and that will be even better if there's a new watch that is still cost effective, but with all the features that like series four had, for example, you know, probably not an always on display that still could be, you know, series six, but you'd have like all the series four features, you know, but in a series three design, that'd be pretty neat. That makes All just speculation, but no, that makes so
1: much sense. I mean, look how much success Apple's had with, you know, the new iPhone SE and, um, you know, bringing, Mm -hmm. bringing a lot of, like you're saying, bringing
0: a lot of the core features, but making it palatable for, or even the iPad I mean it starts at 329 and goes up to $1000 yeah <laughs> so yeah there's a lot of range there and they're all very good um Michael B asked do you think there'll be a watch face store in uh, in the app um whenever watchOS launches right now the the, the watch app is kind of funny that you've got for for both for two versions you've had the the app store is gone now it's now in the watch app <laughs> or on the app store um i i bet that becomes that or face gallery becomes like here are all the watch faces that are loaded with an app complication Mm -hmm. and that's where you you know kind of get those um and it'll be kind of neat to see like what is the most popular watch face that developers use probably you know infograph modular where it's just big you know lots of complication options um but that would be kind of neat to see Uh, i love the example of i forget the name of the app but it's like a parenting app for like N- new parents um
1: oh yeah with the, w- the one that was showcased was yeah it, uh, it, glow baby glow or something or
0: um, sounds sounds about right yeah something with glow that, in it i think yeah they, they use that as, as an example they use kind of a surf app and then nike running club um and that's that's neat like i could totally see that it kind of makes me want to have another kid but <laughs> it was like <laughs> hands-on uh, test it <laughs> yeah that's right so, well i think a seven and a two-year-old is enough yeah for, for the moment. <laughs> um someone had asked if the if the fourth generation watch will be cheaper um and the answer there someone else answered is that it's been discontinued since the series five because it was so similar um mm-hmm. there's too too much kind of overlap between that to to have in the market um but you you can't find those like secondhand or even like in other retailers for for less um i would say though the series five and the always on display is worth worth going for um if you're not going to do a series three for example yeah um Then there's a lot of discussion around like charging times and and I totally agree with that. It's like they're doing some tracking now, um, but they they didn't nail down like what's the best charging strategy. It's the same as as a story with third party apps where if you've got one watch, you've got to like charge it for, you know, an hour or so during the day. Um, and I tried doing that for the first couple of days to see like, what is the new watch 7 experience like, mm-hmm. and man, I, it was kind of like, um, range anxiety in an electric vehicle, you know, <laughs> yeah. um, or like if your gas tank is on E, you know, uh, in an older car and it's like, I, I don't know if I'm going to make it, <laughs> you know, like what can the watch handle the day without? And I was like charging yeah. in the morning and in the evening. Um, and it was kind of just like anxiety inducing. And so now I'm like back to the, the two watch method, um, and that'll, you know, I think it's kind of unfortunate, but but maybe we'll see that change in the future. Um, yeah. And then uh, last question, do you think the casings will be the same as Series 5 and 6? Um, you know, like design-wise, I don't think we'll see a new design yet. Um, material options, they, they love to play around with that, and, and especially if the design hasn't changed, you know, where they, I could see like a new shade of something, mm-hmm. you know? New finish um, There's so much opportunity for aluminum to have colors like the 10 R and 11 phones have had, Yeah, you know, you know, there was that rumor of the red Apple watch that we haven't really seen yet. Um, that'd be kind of an aluminum watch. So, So maybe there, um, you know, there was that leaked, uh, you know, maybe it's official, maybe it's not, um, leather loop that had like a new style. Maybe that one would be, um, water resistant and that the, the current one is not um so that's kind of kind of the things that we're watching for in the fall mm-hmm. um but yeah otherwise you know, it's kind of kind of light on rumors there so far it's just based on what, we, what we've reported out in march so we haven't really seen come come yet um but yeah watch OS 7 i mean it's it's also really fast <laughs> I've, I've noticed okay it's, it's, it zips around so it's it's one of those betas where it just feels kind of it's pretty pretty good so far um, I, 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 when there's a public beta available in July, like I wouldn't discourage people from trying it if you're curious. So. That's great to hear. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right, that is the 95 Mac Watch Time podcast for this week. Uh, we'll be back in two weeks for the new episode um, in, in the usual format of audio only. In the meantime, thanks to everyone who has viewed uh, this hour-long episode on YouTube. It'll be available on demand from now on, you know, for this episode, um, on youtube.com slash 95 Mac dot 95 Mac. And, um, it'll also be in the, uh, the show notes link so you can, you can check it out if you want to there. And, uh, with that being said, thanks for joining me, Michael Podic. I really appreciate hey, it. Hey, thanks for having me.
1: Happy, uh, right.
0: everybody. Yeah, happy Friday. All right. Bye everybody.